You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. Today's podcast is one of my favorite interviews I have ever recorded. It is with the incredible Dr. Habib Sadeghi, who is the founder of Beehive of Healing, an integrative medical center in Los Angeles. He is the personal doctor to many celebrities you might know, including Gwyneth Paltrow and Penelope Cruz. And he specializes in multidisciplinary treatment for chronic illnesses that include osteopathic, environmental, psychosomatic, family, and German new medicine, as well as clinical pharmacology. He is a regular contributor to Goop, CNN, BBC News, and the Huffington Post. And he also is the author of two books, The Clarity Cleanse, 12 Steps to Finding Renewed Energy, Spiritual Fulfillment, and Emotional Healing, and Within, A Spiritual Awakening to Love and Weight Loss. He is also the founding team member of Farmer's Juice. They offer organic, nutrient-rich juices and immunity wellness shots. They deliver a monthly box of 20 cold-pressed juices and 10 shots at about half the price of a juice shop, and every juice and shot lasts fresh for 30 days. And if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen me posting about these. I'm not always a huge fan of juices, or I wasn't, but I started drinking these juices, and I am obsessed. They give me so much energy. They taste delicious and really cost-effective compared to most juices. My favorite juices are Watermelon Vibrance, Green Courage, and Carrot Confidence. They are so good. And if you want to check those out, you can go to thefarmersjuice.com and you can use the code REALNESS, R-E-A-L-N-E-S-S, for $10 off your first box if you want to try them out. They are so delicious. Like I said, today's episode was one of my favorites I've ever recorded. We talked in depth about a different approach to healing chronic illness. And Dr. Sadeghi has a very, very inspirational and interesting story of how he actually healed from cancer through pleasure. We also talk about physiological evidence that trauma moves between generations and the 13th cranial nerve. I resonated so strongly with what he was saying and also in terms of chronic illness, mindset shifts and really rewiring the brain, turning nerve zero back on, the importance of healing trauma, and just a totally different approach to healing chronic illness, which is what Rachel and I teach in our brain rewiring certification program. So much of what Dr. Sadeghi talks about is what we teach coaches to do in our brain rewiring certification program. And if you didn't hear, enrollment is open from now until July 13th. The six-month certification program starts July 15th. 
There are limited spaces available. And this is for anybody who is a coach or wants to become a coach. This can be your first certification program who wants to learn how to rewire their own brain and also use brain rewiring in their own practice to help their clients get incredible transformations. This can be used for healing from chronic illness. It can be used for weight loss. It can be used for balancing out hormones, making more money, manifesting in your dream relationship. It can really be used for anything. And that's why in this program, we first teach our clients how to rewire their own brains for abundance, which is what Rachel and I did to grow our own businesses exponentially. So you will learn how to do that process yourself so that you can attract in more clients and more money effortlessly. And then you will learn how to use the nine-step brain rewiring process in your own practice to help get your clients the results they want. So we will help you tweak that process for your unique niche. And that involves the nine-step brain rewiring process as well as trauma healing and diving into intuition, balancing masculine and feminine energy, and so much more. And then you will learn how to be an effective coach, how to create programs that actually work, and then business and marketing tips and strategies that truly work. And Rachel and I have used ourselves to grow our own businesses. So this is really an all-in-one program. It's the only coaching program you really ever need. And if you want to create just unreal transformations in your clients' lives and have that type of transformation for yourself, then this is an invaluable tool. The people who are really changing the world in terms of helping other people heal emotionally, physically, energetically are getting to this deeper layer. And we are teaching you this very systematic tangible way to become a manifestation machine and get your clients any healing result they want, relationship, money, whatever that result is, we can rewire our brain to bring that into our reality. And I encourage you to check out Rachel's Rachel's page at the Rachel Barber on Instagram to see some of the incredible transformations she has helped her clients with. I mean, these are people who have gone to every doctor, tried every medication, supplement, diet. They have tried everything and couldn't heal. And then they went through the brain rewiring process and what they were told was impossible came true and they are able to heal. So this is truly life-changing work. We are so excited to train a limited number of coaches in brain rewiring. So if you are interested in becoming a brain rewiring certified coach and taking your business and client transformations to the next level, then head to brainrewiringcoach.com. Again, spots are limited. And as I record this, we are about halfway full. So you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. Again, that is brainrewiringcoach.com. But let's learn more about what Dr. Sadegi has to say about how pleasure and activating the 13th cranial nerve can cure chronic illness and so much more. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I've been so excited to chat with you. And just to start off, could you tell my listeners a little bit about what you do? Sure. So I'm, I'm a family practitioner by training. Um, I'm dual specialist in family practice and osteopathic manipulative medicine. Osteopathy, it's sort of like an MD and a chiropractor put together. So we do quite a bit with our hands in terms of manipulations and so forth. And, uh, I, you know, I've done extensive training in, uh, becoming a teacher in clinical homeopathy. 
Um, and I used to teach that to other physicians, dentists, nurse practitioners, and, and so forth. And then I've spent significant years over, over a decade, uh, looking at the connection between mind and the body and how what we perceive in front of our eyes, it actually influences our physiology. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of working with, um, the former dean of uh, the largest psychoanalytical institute in Los Angeles, PCC, Dr. John Tabakin, as well as renowned psychiatrist who is also uh, an osteopath, uh, has an amazing book that I recommended called Emotional Armoring, Morton, Morton Herskowitz, and, um, and also Dr. the teachings of Dr. Habib Davanlu, who is the founder of uh, short-term uh, intensive psychotherapeutic uh, modalities. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm curious, how? tell me more about like how you got into all this. What made you interested in medicine? And kind of, I want to go back and talk about your story. My, my training, uh, I'm really heavy in sciences. I was a med tech microbiologist. I have a minor in chemistry. Uh, academically, I completed a master's program in electrochemistry with the intention of going into patent, patent law and becoming an attorney. And one night I was watching one episode of ER and it just really touched, moved and inspired me to the point that I wanted to start volunteering in an ER setting. And at the time, the worst of the worst in terms of the significant traumas that a person would have access to see on the periphery as a volunteer was a hospital called MLK, Martha Luther King Hospital, which was affiliated with Drew UCLA. So I, I started volunteering and I had a couple of experiences that completely uh, moved me. The first experience was they brought this little girl uh, in that she was completely zoned out, zonked out, and she had some type of a burn right in here. And they were trying to, you know, reassess her, resuscitate. Do we have to intubate? And the mother was outside and I said, well, what happened? And as they were getting the history, the mom was hold holding, uh, she said, I think she may have swallowed this bottle. I looked and it was, um, a nail polish, a nail polish remover which was some type of acetone. So on a piece of napkin, I wrote out the structure. I think it was like methyl acetone or methyl acetate or something, some type of an ester. Now, esters, just generally speaking, they, when they go through hydrolysis, they add water to it. They break down into alcohol and acetic acid. So all of a sudden, for whatever reason, I, I had a theory that the burn was acetic acid vinegar and the you know and this little girl was completely knocked out because because of alcohol she was just drunk mm -hmm. and she had just drunken out so i went up and uh, dr pineda or pineda or something i can't remember he was the chief attending at the er at the time on that shift and i said you know i i think this is what's happening and at the time at mlk and you, you, they would give you this little short slip, very shortcut, a green outfit to wear. It was no white coat. 
And he looked at me like, who are you to have an opinion? But uh, anyway, to make a long story short, two or three or four hours later, he comes and he taps me on the back and he says, my God, it was exactly right. The blood work is back. And she's high on, you know, acetic acid, vinegar and alcohol. And uh, that was very encouraging because I realized that I have the mental capacity to be able to go through the rigor of medical school. And in the same setting, I had another experience where it was more of a spiritual connection with a patient. And um, and then I just knew that I have the intellect and the spiritual gut, so if you would, to be able to go through medicine. I applied to two programs. Uh, and one of them I got in, one of them I got waitlisted. I never looked back. Hmm. Yeah, well, that's very interesting. And I also, I want to talk more about like when you were in, when you were in medical school, what was your experience like there? Did you align with what you were learning? And also my understanding is you got diagnosed with cancer during that time. Is that correct? Yes. Second year of medical school, I, I had some medical challenges, including cancer. The medical school training, I mean, it's been a few years that I've been out. Medical school training back then, it was such that every week you memorize a phone book. <laughs> and then at the end of the week, you take a test and then you, you go out and you drink yourself to death <laughs> so that you'll be ready for Monday to go back and memorize another set of phone book. That was really the routine. Mm. Okay. It was just mainly rote memorization. As a lot of medical schools since then, they've moved into what's referred to as PBL or problem-based learning. So now working with medical students and so forth, a lot of the programs, that's what they do. And during the second year part, and uh, I, you know, I, I had this thing that occurred and with this diagnosis of 70% chance of metastasis, and it was very jarring. And I realized um, how alone I was. Even, I mean, listen, second year, you understand, you have enough connection, you understand enough the medical jargon, but still I felt lost. I felt disconnected. I felt that I wasn't really in agreement with a lot of the things that was being offered for me. So, you know, I took some time off. I took uh, some time off medical school and I started doing things differently, including I walked away from the majority of the treatments that was being offered for me. And I, I don't recommend that for anybody. I mean, I it just, you know, I had a I had a brother who was also a physician who who I could consult with and so forth. So um didn't do chemo, didn't do radiation, didn't do any of that. Um and uh, you know, and and it made all the difference. I started traveling, I ended up in India, I backpacked through India, I backpacked through Mexico, I backpacked through Europe. And it exposed me to a lot of the, um, uh, just a lot of various different things that they're now available. But back then, and uh, this was late nineties, none of that was available. I mean, late nineties, Scott Hamilton nearly died of testicular cancer, the very same diagnosis that I had. Um, and, uh, Armstrong, uh, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong, uh, was diagnosed. He lost part of, uh, his brain. He's, he, part, he lost part of his, uh, lungs. Um, and, and I think some other parts as well. But, uh, you know, so this was the background that I was given this diagnosis. So it was scary. 
the reason that I'm taking my time, I know that, you know, you work really deep with your listeners and there are people out there that they're contemplating, well, should I do medicine? Should I not do medicine? Is medicine for me? Or regardless of what you, what you choose, sometimes, um, spirit, if you believe in that, if not mystery, life, whatever the unknown, the unconscious, it, it, it has different plans for you. And it doesn't come in a fortune cookie. It says, here's what you do. It comes as things opening up, sort of like I was trained to go to become a patent attorney. And all of a sudden I end up becoming a physician mm. or part of my, you know, part of what I went through in terms of my own diagnosis and my own uh, challenges. I believe that it was part of my medical training, which allowed me to be the person that I am, where I can read through um, heavy, viscous science and pull out um, truth and validity out of uh, out of uh, nonsense, you know, and to be able to integrate it, understand it, verbalize it really well, and. Uh, that was it. I finished, you know, after taking some time off sabbatical, I went back. I finished uh, third and fourth year of medical school. And then I ended up doing an internal medicine uh, residency internship. And then I did a family practice residency, uh, which included OMM or osteopathic manipulative medicine. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I uh, connect with that in my own way, for sure, having struggled with chronic illness. And, you know, part of it is, I was, quote, trained in such a unique way to be able to help other people now with like energy healing and nutrition that I wouldn't have gotten had I not, you know, dealt with all of that. And um, I'm curious. So so you didn't do the chemo or the radiation, but what was your approach? Um, so I had what's referred to as uh, a unilateral orchiectomy, which I, you know, they removed the left, my left testicle. I, they wanted to do, uh, what's referred to as, uh, uh, per, uh let, retroperitoneal lymphadenectomy. It's a lot of work. It simply means we're going to flay you open from your pubic bone to your chest bone. And it's a 16, at the time it was a 16 hour procedure, taking out old lymph nodes and then they would do radiation and chemo. Uh, I did not do that surgery. I did not do chemotherapy or radiation. So what was my approach? So my approach was I took some time off medical school because I realized that I needed uh, to go on um, more of a retreat. And the retreat uh, had a lot to do with traveling, learning about Ayurvedic medicine, traditional oriental medicine, yoga, um, vegetarianism um, at the time, um, you know, and, and really German new medicine and, and just more being more reflective and reconnecting a lot of the micro traumas that had occurred in my life that I hadn't really connected. So I didn't have any particular meaning and they were just flooding my bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And I was holding it as misunderstandings or misinterpretations or misidentifications. I was seeing myself as bad, terrible, guilty, shameful. Uh, you know, I, I would regurgitate not only on my lunch, but I would regurgitate on all of this, including mind shaming myself. And, you know, and all that, years of that has really allowed me to realize how chronic, talk about chronic illness, how the chronicity of that for human beings as a species, that most of the time, if people could come up with a stethoscope that they could put somewhere on our forehead, 
you know, what they would hear. And, and th- this is just globally. Generally speaking, 7.85 billion people on the planet in many languages, if you could have a multilingual translator, it would translate into, I'm not good enough. I'm terrible. I have screwed up. I missed the boat. I'm not thin enough. I'm not thick enough. I'm not tall enough. This part of my body is not beautiful. That part of my body is not beautiful. My mom did this. My dad did this. People don't love me. If they only knew who I am, they would reject me. They would exclude me. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, and I belong to that unfortunate majority. So what was the bulk of what I did? The bulk of what I did was to go back to take a retreat and to like, who's, who's saying all this? Where are these coming from? And then I started reflecting, going back and really applying loving to places inside me that they were hurting because that's mm-hmm. my definition of healing. Mm-hmm. My definition of healing is not to take uh, supplements or IVs or have this person to do it for you or that person. It's like, wait, you know, apply loving to places inside yourself that they're hurting. That's really the inherent definition of healing. If you are looking for the easiest biohack ever to transform your sleep, which will transform your health and life on so many different levels, then you need a pair of high quality blue light blocking glasses in your life. And I want to emphasize the high quality part. There are a lot of blue blockers out there on the market. And a lot of them are not legit and aren't actually doing their job. So I don't want you to fall for all of these marketing schemes. You know, I'm all about wellness realness. And that's the realness is that a lot of companies are just trying to take your money and aren't producing high quality products. And that's why when it comes to blue blockers, my favorite pair and the company I trust is Blue Blocks. They are the only company that offers blue light filtering lenses backed by the latest science. They don't make any substitutions that will sacrifice the quality just to save costs. And trust me, you will notice the difference. They have three lenses. Their Sleep Plus Red Lens, which is a 100% blue and green light blocking lens for after sunset use. So when the sun goes down, you put on the Sleep Plus Red Lens to help improve your sleep, reduce your anxiety, and relax you so that all of that blue light doesn't affect you because I know you're still looking at your phone and your TV and your computer. Let's be honest. And for during the day, you can either use the blue light clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens, best for people who work under more natural lighting during the day, or you can use a summer glow yellow lens, which is blue light blocking meets color therapy. And this is best for people who work under more intense artificial lighting during the day. Both the blue light clear lens and the summer glow yellow lens will help reduce migraines, headaches, macular degeneration, and digital eye strain. And the Summer Glow Yellow Lens will also help protect you against anxiety and depression that might come on seasonally for you. That's where the color therapy comes in. So the protocol I would recommend is either getting the Blue Light Clear Lens or the Summer Glow Yellow Lens for daytime, and then the Sleep Plus Red Lens for the evenings, and the Remedy Sleep Mask to wear while you sleep because it is a 100% light blocking sleep mask that makes the world of a difference for improving your REM and deep sleep cycles. I have tested these products with my Aura Ring and they work. Using Blue Blocks glasses will not only help you get the best sleep of your life, but they'll also end up giving you more energy during the day. You'll feel more relaxed. You'll get less headaches. You will just feel happier. You'll be far more productive. As an entrepreneur, I need these to be my most productive. And this helps to balance many different hormones. 
your sleep hormones, your stress hormones, your sex hormones, and your hunger hormones. Yes, this can literally impact your weight. Blue Blocks has about 20 different frames to pick from, so you will definitely find ones that you love. I always get compliments on my blue light blocking glasses because they're actually stylish. A lot of other companies make these not so cute looking glasses. Blue Blocks are the best. You can also send in your own frames if you want those to be turned into blue light blocking glasses. And they also offer a custom made prescription service as well. So if you want to get your hands on the most effective, highest quality brand of blue light blocking glasses out there, then just head on over to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And you can use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. And next time you're wearing them, take a selfie on Instagram, tag me on social media, tag Blue Blocks, and that way I can see which frames you got. A lot of my audience is very familiar with this idea of like, you know, our our thoughts can create sickness, right? And it's about, you know, like what our perception of reality is and how our brain can affect physical symptoms and all of those thoughts. And then, you know, realizing that the negative self-talk is kind of feeding into physical symptoms. Um, And they hear, okay, we have to go back and work through some trauma and change that language. But there's a disconnect with, well, how do I actually do that? Because it's easier said than done. And what does that process actually look like? So it's like, how does somebody actually start to work through those things? Like, what is that process? Fantastic question. Um, when every most human beings, they wash their teeth at night and they usually use some type of a toothpaste. Now, you could have the magic toothpaste and you could squeeze it as hard as you want, even with two hands. You could throw it down and you could jump on it. Nothing is going to come out because you've got to take the cap off. If you cannot take the cap off, you will not get an ounce of toothpaste. So i am use that metaphor because I want all of us to remember every time tonight, this morning, lunchtime, whenever you brush your teeth, and to the extent that that's part of your personal hygiene, I want you to realize as you're holding that, in order to start the healing process, you've got to take off the cap. And taking off the cap is an understanding that most human beings are unaware of. And um, from a place of humility, most physicians are unaware of this. If you call your favorite doctors and you ask them, how many cranial nerves do humans have? They say 12. They won't even think. They say that human beings have 12 cranial nerves. But I'm here to tell you that that is not accurate. Human beings actually have 13 cranial nerves. And since 1847, we've known that. So if, if, since if, if it's been over a decade, a, a century, wait, wait, what's, what's going on? How come? Because it's just, you know, people don't pay attention and the, the cranial nerve, the 13th cranial nerve, which is actually cranial nerve zero, um, it's how you take the cap off. Everything that you do that is pleasurable, it activates cranial nerve zero. And I'm here to tell you, for most human beings, their birth is very traumatic. Come to think of it, their preconception is very traumatic. The, the communication that they were exposed to, you know, here we are, you're really are soaking up in the very um, amniotic fluid of 
our mothers. Now, if our moms are suffering or at the time, if the consciousness is not really as evolved and they don't pay attention, you know, if they are exposed to not only environmental factors or toxins, but also um, the epigenetic part, the, you know, the emotional, the psycho-spiritual toxins, you know, we're like the baby, it's like a piece of meat being marinated in yogurt overnight, right? It's just, you soak that up, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then you go through a birth process and most human beings now, they don't really have uh, what I refer to as very healing birth experience, right? We use excessive amount of whether they do C-sections, whether that whether we do epidural, whether we use synthetic oxytocin, right, uh, which is referred to as pitocin, which is the quickest way to turn off cranial nerve zero only forever. And you know, if you've had all of a sudden, if you were born into a family that perhaps were not as um, bonding, if you didn't have an opportunity to uh, breastfeed, if you didn't have an opportunity to uh, to attach, to latch on, guess what? The cranial nerve zero turns off only forever. So most human beings, um, they're really are developing, but they're developing uh, um, in a very mal um, aligned way. In other words, the tooth, the uh, toothpaste cap is not taken off. So everything becomes effortful. They struggle through life. Everything becomes effortful. It becomes effortful to think. It becomes effortful to connect. And that's where all of these negative thoughts that we tend to regurgitate on, it comes from. I had a very difficult, um, birthing process and uh, you know and I came to realization that my cranial nerve zero was deactivated so mm -hmm. the first place that I start was to take a retreat and to really soak myself in compassionate self-forgiveness and the things that they were pleasurable why because pleasure produces two hormones relaxin r-e-l-a-x-i-n relaxin I love the name because it tells you exactly what it does. You don't need, right, to go through four years of medical school residency fellowship. Relax and relaxes you. But what does that mean? Relax and relaxes you, which means that it takes you in the paradigm, which is fight or flight, and it puts you into parasympathetic, which is rest, rumination, softness, and that's where healing occurs. Pleasure also activates oxytocin. There are books after books after books. If, if, you know, your listeners and your viewers can look up oxytocin in their favorite uh, search engine or PubMed or go to their favorite library and look it up. I mean, we're talking about thousands and thousands of scientific articles that's been written, published for decades on the importance of oxytocin, especially the importance of oxytocin on everything that you can think of, um, including cancer, including neurological issues, like significant neurological issues such as MS, ALS, Parkinson's disease. You know, uh, oxytocin ha and relaxin has a positive healing, therapeutic effect in infertility. There are studies after studies, uh, smaller studies, not randomized placebo controlled, but and there are empirical writings uh, that you can look where uh, women, uh, they were provided 
oxytocin and relaxin, and it completely shifted and changed everything for them. You know, the, the trauma that we hold as we go through life and not having the level of spaciousness that's required for us to be able to process, to release these old traumatic, micro-traumatic patterns, you hold on to it. And after a while, guess what? It's sort of like if you, if you're folding your clothes and one of them is just a little bit has an extra fold and you leave it alone after a while, it just wrinkles through and it's very difficult to break that crystallized fiber. So it wrinkles up. Mm-hmm. Human beings also are the same way. So what's the first step? Look and find things that they're pleasurable for you. And what is pleasurable for you, the viewer or you, Krista, uh, is different than what it was for me. For me, I found pleasure in uh, hiking, in running, in uh, being in the mountain, in um, yoga. And uh, so these are some of the things that I surrounded myself and communication, conversations, watching movie, poetry, dance. Uh, these are the things that um, that perhaps to some extent modern world may not value it as much. Mm-hmm. Now we have yoga. But when you look at yoga, it's almost like an oxymoron. You know, for me, definition of oxymoron is a moron that has gone to Oxford, right? <laughs> it's sort of like power yoga. It's like, it's like, wait, yoga, the ultimate yoga is Rajal yoga, which is all about letting go softness. Mm-hmm. How could, how could, how could you bring and introduce power or force into it? Mm-hmm. Something that allows our body to just open up and, and unravel. Yeah. Okay. So a lot to unpack here. My question is, do you think, cause you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast are very into alternative health. And I'm sure they're wondering, so do you think that engaging in activities that you find pleasurable is really the key? And does diet, diet supplement, other things not matter? Or is it all working together? So there are 13 cranial nerves. If you do not understand your cranial nerves, you are set up to fail. You are set up to have a life that you go from one broken relationship to the next one. Mm-hmm. You go from one diagnosis of irritable bowel syndrome to gastroesophageal reflux disease to urinary tract infection to interstitial cystitis to polycystic ovarian syndrome. You catch, you catch my drift. It's one thing after another. All these diagnoses, they're describing the same thing. They're describing a state of being that is squeezing the toothpaste tube, but the cap is closed. Because most human beings, we are not, we are not geared to have the cap taken off. If you want to squeeze something, if you come to the top and squeeze the top, you're not going to get any toothpaste out. So can you be taking, I don't know, 50, 60, 100 supplements throughout the day getting IVs, getting this, getting that, standing on your head, meditating, but you live a life that's miserable, that there's absolutely no joie de vivre, there's no joy, uh, but you're happy because you looked at that particular actress, oh my God, she looks so stunning. And obviously you got to take that supplement. Well, I'm here to tell you, that just won't work for you. Because a good place to start is to find the quality of joy in life, Mm. the quality of joy. 
And if that is joyful for you to take supplements, and as you do it, you say a prayer, and it's par- part of your psycho-spiritual hygiene of self-care, fantastic. That's pleasurable. That's fantastic. That could be part of the symphony and orchestra of having joy in your life. Could it be that, you know, you, you have a partner that they're understanding and you support each other through physical contact and as you attend to, to each other's physical needs that you produce oxytocin and relaxin on a regular basis? How wonderful that is. Uh, could it be that you have, um, a, a men's group or women's group or a, a group of a community of intentional like-minded people that on regular basis, when there are no fires, you get together and you communicate, you connect, you read poetry, you dance, you improvise, you do things that they're not goal oriented, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you get to, to be with them. You get to be with them. Mm-hmm. Then you're, then you're cultivating what it is to be a human being. Uh, unfortunately, to some extent, all of that has been fizzled out because it's very easy to uh, want to watch this lab Netflix special or this person who had a knee injury and they didn't have anything better to do. So they got a camera and some money. And now all of a sudden they want to revolutionize everybody. And they want everyone to be vegetarianism or vegan. And they're going to tell everyone that that's the best thing. And then when you sit across from them and you say, well, let me get this straight. Are you aware that every cell in human body, the lipid bilayer, it's made of, of molecules that's called cholesterol? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay, great. Are you aware that uh, if you do not include animal products in your diet, that you don't have cholesterol. You, to some extent, you make some cholesterol. But if you're, you know, if you're young, you know, if you're going through adolescent, if you're going through a significant hormonal shift or changes, that you need a larger quantity of initial essential fatty acid to be converted to cholesterol and then pregnenolone. And then the pregnenolone can be converted to cortisol, to progesterone to 17-hydroxypregnenolone, to DHEA, testosterone, estrone, biased estrogen. It all comes from cholesterol. That's the mother molecule. And if, you know, and you can have all the avocado that you want. They have phytosterol that's completely different than cholesterol. They're like, oh, I, I never thought about it that way. I'm like, you know, so a lot of people, they come in and they have short-sighted, right? They have short-sighted solutions. And they don't really think it through. So mm-hmm. part of what, what we're discussing, you and I, here with our community, it's sort of like let's think through things. And let's make sure that the supplements that you're taking in, that the diet that you are subscribing to, it's the right, it's the right one for you. That you actually, instead of looking outside, and wanting to copy what the other person is doing because they're phenotypically look very symmetrical and attractive to you. So now you want to copy, just look just like them. Maybe you should pay attention to what your body needs. Mm-hmm. Maybe your hormonal cycle, it might be different. Maybe you do need certain level of animal products right around your moon cycle because you lose significant amount of blood 
Mm-hmm. And you need iron. And based on anthroposophical principles, iron is the metal that holds the light, that holds that spirit, the vitality, you know. And uh, so th- this is more of a larger conversation in terms of where to start, what to do, how to look at it, and to really learn how to be able to think through our lives instead of being shippish and follow everybody else. I mean, that's a good call out. I appreciate that. I think it's good for people to hear. And I I know for, for me, a lot of people who listen to this podcast have been struggling with symptoms or um, some type of you know illness for a long time. And something I try and talk about often is kind of the energy behind what they're doing, right? So you're trying to kill, kill, kill all the bacteria in your body with all these herbals. Like what kind of energy is that putting into your body? And you're trying to force your body to be a certain way by following this very restrictive diet. And at some point it's like, you've been doing this for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Like we, ha- we need another approach, right? You can't, it's like, obviously it's not going to work because it hasn't been working thus far. And so, I mean, that's why I love what you're saying. And I hope it opens some people's eyes that they need to, you know, open up the toothpaste cap. Yeah, well said. Very well said. Brilliantly and eloquently said. The research that was published in reputable scientific journals that shows people that they've taken more rounds beyond six rounds of antibiotics in a lifetime, they had significant increase in the, in getting cancer. Mm. Yeah, I'll repeat that. We know now that repetitive you know, intake of antibiotics, it's one of the common causes of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and here's why. I'm going to explain it such that all of us, we can understand it and integrate it a lot um, more quicker into, into our uh, epistemic knowledge and knowledge base. See, when you take an antibiotics, you kill whatever it is, a bacteria, a microorganism. When you kill it, you basically destroy the if you would, the the cell wall, and they release all their genetic makeup, right? The DNA, the RNA, it gets released. Where do they go? They're inside you. So all these RNA and genetic makeup and DNA, they run around, and eventually they get intercalated inside your genetic makeup in every single cell. I just told you how cancer gets formed. That is the ontology of cancer. That's why it's so important. Uh, am I against uh, giving antibiotics? Of course not. Here's my prescription path. I would never throw away baby with bath water. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about is can we do things intelligently? I mean, you go to organic, I mean, you go to farmer's market because you want your food to be fresh. Why would you, why would you not get your supplements from a naturopath, a, a doctor who practices integrative medicine, functional medicine that you know, that instead of having um, a, a storage and getting shipment of, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of boxes that they sit there and they get stored up in the heat. And then before it comes to you, why don't you get it fresh? Because, you know, here there's 12, they have 12 bottles and when they run out, they get 12 more. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you get organic, you know, organic uh, Metaphorically speaking, organic-based supplements, if you are in the habit of taking supplements, why would you have to subscribe to um, um, you know, a giant organization that's in the process of prescribing 
and pushing supplements. I mean, I've been approached that, oh, well, don't you want to be, you want to be the fifth doctor and you want to do this and it's got to be Dr. Sudegi and super duper multi. I'm like, no, because if you want to do that, then you have to have 7.85 billion different bottles because every human being is unique. Mm. So that uniqueness is what, what we're talking about. But there are people that they don't really want a Ferrari, that they don't want a Bentley, that they don't want to think that far. They just want to keep their life simple. They want a Hyundai. Just give me something so that I feel good because I'm taking supplements. So that, uh, you know, it's my high school gene or this gene or that gene. I'm like, what? If you want to do that, you might as well just, you know, practice Western medicine. Because Western medicine is very symptom, symptom approach. You go in, you have muscle spasm. They say, oh, oh, we're going to give you anti-spasm medication. Oh, you're depressed? Oh, we're going to give you antidepressant. Oh, you got bacterial infection? We're going to give you antibacteria. Oh, virus, antiviral. Oh, you got a yeast infection? Oh, gosh, diflucan, 150 milligrams, one tap, just go. Gosh, you can't even get it monostat over the counter. But wait, why am I getting recurrent yeast infection? Wait, and when you sit back and you say, are you aware that the yeast is protected because you have highest level of xenoestrogen, you know, or highest level of heavy metals, thallium, uh, mercury, tungsten, lead, arsenic, that your body in an attempt has gone into a contract with the yeast. So the yeast acts as a storage. It overgrows so it can hold on to all these toxins. Wow. Oh, my God. And when you attack the yeast, now you release all of these toxins in your body. So you get rash. You, you get brain fog. You get hormonal dysregulation. You know, or, or you get some type of connective tissue disease, such as lupus, mm. such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis, mm -hmm. such as rheumatoid arthritis, such as, you know, you name it, you know, it's there. And, and we know that the, you know, that the rate of autoimmune diseases, there is a gender, gender predilection of 10 to 1. 10 women are getting autoimmune diseases for every man. This is why. So this is a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. This is a different way of thinking. And, and I tell you, thinking is the most difficult thing that any human being can do. And most human beings, they're not geared up to be able to think. I'm not talking about having thought. Um, I'm talking about thinking. It's, which is almost like wrestling. It's, it's, it has a, a mental wrestling approach to it that you get to break something down and then you build up a new interpretation. You catabolize it and then you anabolize it. You break it down and then you build up a new interpretation. It's sort of like you go to a house, you get this building, you break it down, you use a lot of the, you know, the bricks you build up a new uh, cathedral and then whatever it's extra, whatever it's not of service to you, you urinate, you defecate. This process, it's what's referred to as metabolism, mm. which in Greek, it simply means ceaseless change or continuous change. Human beings, as human beings, we're going through a process of continuous shift, continuous change. 
our needs are shifting and changing. So when we are in tune, in order for you to have any type of pleasure in your life, the first thing that you need is spaciousness. Hmm. You cannot be rushed. You, you don't enjoy the audio book if you're on a treadmill, right? And you're listening to it. You don't enjoy it. You think you're getting it, but it's just creating background noise so mm-hmm. that you feel that you're multitasking and you're doing something, you know, useful, that you're getting a lot more because God forbid that you should just do one thing, which is go on a hike mm-hmm. or just run on a treadmill or, um, just kind of relax and have the spacious that you need is the spaciousness that you need inside and listen to your audiobook or read a book. See, mm-hmm. so this is a different way of approaching life. Instead of looking for shortcuts, you really, you fast to go slower. Mm-hmm. You fast to go slower, right? Um, and, you know, at least one day a week, I fast. In other words, I, I just don't eat. I might do some type of a, a juice cleanse or something or water fast, depending on, you know, I, I've been doing it for a while, so I'm used to water fast. But for some people that they're not used to, they can do different, different fasts, right? Um, and, and what does that do? That slows down this cement maker that we refer to as the brain. That's the only thing that slows down the brain. And when you look at all research after research, it's been proven, it's shown that when you eat less, when you do go through a fast, the brain weight slows down. Mm. When it slows down, there is a dropping. So then all of a sudden we'll be able to drop from our mental realm into the spaciousness of our hearts and we get to feel, Mm. we get to connect, we get to be more available first to ourselves, our intuition, and then others. Yeah, well, we've been conditioned to avoid that, right? And I think, you know, when you talk about that, I think about how the way I see, you know, I came into this eating standard American diet, all about Western medicine. And then I'm like all into alternative health and functional medicine. And then now kind of st- taking a step back and realizing like there are people who just use a Band-Aid approach on every level, right? So there are Western doctors that take the Band-Aid approach. There are functional doctors that just try and supplement supplement people out of things and diet thing- out of things. But it's like, people are afraid to slow down and actually do that, that deep root cause work, right? Like it's, it's rare to find people who actually um, get, get to the root and that spaciousness is one of the hardest things for people to create. And I think about how often I tell people, you just need to rest. And they'll be like, I rested. It didn't, it, nothing happened. And I'm like, well, what did you do? Well, I went on a walk and I was listening to five business podcasts. And then I was, you know, when I'm treadmill and I'm listening to my podcast about how to heal from Lyme disease. And I'm just like, you didn't really rest, right? Like it's really, really hard for people. We all know I am no stranger to lab testing. I spent a good portion of my life seeing doctor after doctor and getting 
all kinds of different labs done and paying for everything all out of pocket. It was very expensive. And I also felt like I didn't really have very much control over which tests were being run. And when there were certain tests I wanted to get done, it felt like I had to jump through hoops to make that happen. And now doing so many different experiments on my body with different diets, different supplements, different healing protocols, different biohacks. I really like to have metrics when I can and getting blood work done can be a great way to kind of track what's changing. And as a practitioner, I understand how frustrating it can be for my clients and also for other practitioners because I work with so many other coaches. When the client wants to get testing done, but they don't feel like they have access and or for the the coach who knows the client wants to get testing done, but they can't run functional lab tests for themselves. And that's why I am so excited to be working with Let's Get Checked. I have been trying out their tests over the last few months, and I think that so many of you will benefit from their services. The mission of Let's Get Checked is to make professional health testing easily accessible to so many more people and make sure that people don't have to put off getting a test done because they don't want to or they aren't able to visit a healthcare provider. They have so many different tests that you can pick from. I recently got my cholesterol, CRP, and thyroid all tested. I wanted to see how those were doing after some of my recent diet experiments, but they have a whole host of different tests in addition to the ones I just mentioned. You can test your vitamin levels, your folate levels, your liver, your omegas, as well as your female hormones. They have a whole section dedicated to women's health testing and men's health testing. They also have a number of tests for sexual health. So this is really useful for making sure you're getting regular STD testing. If you are sexually active and you change sexual partners and you aren't getting regular testing, then that's something you really need to start doing. But they have a huge variety of tests and I just love how Let's Get Checked makes lab testing so easy to do and they just mail you a kit after you choose your tests online and there's next day delivery and then they give you really easy instructions so you can take the test from the comfort of your own home. You prick your finger and let the blood go into this little vial and then shake it up and mail it out and just so you know it does take longer than if you went to a doctor and had your blood drawn in in one you know two second swoop because you do have to wait for the blood to fill into this. It's not a big vial, it's it's a small vial. But I'm sure most of you are used to getting blood work anyway, so it probably won't phase you. So after you get the sample, then you just send it back, use the prepaid shipping label that they provide, and then you get your results back in two to five days. It is super quick. And then once the results are available, you can download them, you can look at them, and they will also be reviewed by a physician. So a nurse will contact you for a consultation over the phone. And if you need any prescriptions, the physician can provide those for you. This is such an incredible resource to get lab testing done from the comfort of your own home. You don't have to jump through the hoops of trying to get them ordered by your doctor and also wait a long time for results. It's just a much easier process. So I'm really excited to be partnering with Let's Get Checked and to share this resource with you. And if you want to get some testing done for yourself, then you can head to trylgc.com slash wellness and insert my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 20% off at checkout. Again, the link is trylgc.com slash wellness, T-R-Y, 
lgc.com slash wellness and use that code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 20% off. And I know a lot of people right now are looking for testing in an accessible and affordable way. So if you know anyone who you think would benefit from this resource, I highly encourage you to share this resource with them. Something I wanted to ask you about was um, about German new medicine, mm-hmm. because this is some like people have asked me about this before and I've never talked about it on the show. And I, um, I don't really, I would love for you to explain what German new medicine is. Sure. So uh, Dr. Dirk Hammer, the founder, um, he had certain level of challenges, he himself and his family members, and he, he started connecting the, with the idea that when there is a conflict, what he refers to as the primary conflict, and, and then secondary and tertiary and various different conflicts in our body, that it gets stored in the, mainly in the brain. And then when we get a CAT scan with contrast, that you could actually see the specific areas in the brain. And when you do the work and when you resolve these conflicts and you repeat the CAT scan with contrast, you'll be, you should be able to see the resolution on radiologically. Mm. The German new medicine, the essence of it is that everything that happens, everything that happens for us and to us, it, it, it occurs, okay? It occurs because there is a conflict inside. We found something conflictual. Uh, the, my study in German new medicine, it took me a little bit deeper and I started what I refer to as intelechy medicine. Intelechy is a term that was started by Aristotle. It simply means the movement that an acorn has to go through to become an oak tree. So an acorn becoming an oak tree, the journey, it's what's referred to as intelechy. And then I realized, reflecting over my life, some of the micro traumas and different things that had occurred for me, I realized that, my God, that there was a reason for everything that occurred in my life. Mm. And there was a depth of compassion. So then I started applying that to patients when I would have the privilege of um, supporting them. In, when they would come in and they would say, I have this disease or I have this disease, I have this symptom and I have that symptom, I would create a context where we could be reflective to see how is that symptom or disease, what is the deeper meaning that's resurfacing? Hmm. What is it? What is your body trying to tell you? If the body is the theater of our consciousness, our mind, what is the body trying to communicate with us? So that now it, it keeps bringing a deeper understanding of our day to day. So instead of saying, well, I got Lyme disease, I got to attack the Lyme, you know, da, 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 I got to do this. I got to do that. Sort of like, well, what is the terrain of my body? Mm. What is the quality of my being that is conducive to Lyme disease? See, if, if you keep going in and you look at your garden and the garden um, just grows wheat, right? And you're mm. like, well, what's the quality of the soil that keeps producing this? Well, why is it that Joshua tree only grows in Joshua tree, right? How come you can't get Joshua tree and grow it, you know, in Amazon? Because Amazon is not conducive to growth 
of Joshua tree. So why is Joshua tree conducive to being grown in your body where the Joshua tree is Lyme disease, is recurrent urinary tract infection, it's recurrent yeast infection, right? It's the, you know, it's the small intestine, you know, bacterial overgrowth, bacterial overgrowth. I mean, why is it that you have to be on antibiotics for six months to a year and destroy everything? And now you're contemplating fecal transplant. You're contemplating taking feces from one of your loved ones so that they can transplant it inside you because you've been through so many years of antibiotics for acne, for this, for that, for this, that you absolutely, you've destroyed your microbiome, like over 300 million bacteria. We have more genetic makeup of microorganisms than we have our own genetic makeup. And when you destroy that, now you resort to, you know, bacterial to uh, fecal transplants and various different things. And, um, you know, and, and there could be, uh, you know, a usage and application for that. But the whole idea is, could we do things differently? Mm-hmm. Could we do things differently? Could we stop? Could we pause? Could we mo- be more reflective? Could we perhaps get our priorities straight? Could we take get a little easy on ourselves and mm-hmm. not really bully ourselves like a, you know, tyrant taskmaster mm. that we keep rushing, that we keep, you know, uh, having all these deadlines and I should look this way. And, you know, it's like, could we do things differently? That's really the conversation. I mean, that's a, con- that's, I mean, I'm with you 100%. But it's controversial. People don't like that because then they kind of have to, you know, it's easier to, to take a pill or a supplement, um, change your diet than to take kind of responsibility for what's going on in your life. Right. Do you get pushback with that? Um, I, I don't hmm. because by the time that people come to see me, they, they, they have seen a YouTube video. They have seen a TED talk. They have read a book. Yeah. or two, or they've read one of our magazines, or they have, they're familiar with my Instagram um, postings, or uh, my wife and I, we publish a magazine once a year called Megazine, where we publish a lot of these new ideas mm-hmm. with, with the substantial scientific backing that people can, you know, purchase, read, or we publish uh, one newsletter every month where we look at different studies and we communicate and we talk about or we get a psycho-spiritual distinction and we create um, a distinction and awareness that we get to uh, work with. So consciousness comes before any shift or change in our body. If the Mm -hmm. consciousness is not there, health, healing, and peace of mind will not be there. Consciousness mm-hmm. is paramount. Hmm. So I, I want to go back to what you were saying before about, you know, having a traumatic birth. And something I found really interesting, I was reading on your website, a blog post about l- children when they're like slightly older, like they are like, I don't know, a couple of years old and um, having health symptoms when the mother was very stressed or she was struggling with something. 
do you know which post I'm talking about? Sure. So can you speak more to that? Because that was really interesting to me. Like, because I think a lot of people can make the connection. Oh, you know, how my mother's state would affect me as a baby, like when I'm in the womb. But like, how does that translate to when, you know, as you grow up and get older, like, that's a really interesting idea to me that, you know, if my mother is dealing with something over here, is this why I am having physical symptoms? Okay. So let's talk about it scientifically and then mm-hmm. we can we can expand from there. A baby is um nothing more than a, just a piece of chicken marinated in in you know in chopped up onion and yogurt, right? Overnight before before we cook it if if you eat meat. If not, think of quinoa being soaked or almond being soaked in water overnight so that the seed inhibitors and uh, can can get washed off, so you can activate or germinate the almond. Think of it that way. So the the blood of uh, the mother and the baby intermixes, right? Mm-hmm. Intermixes for the most part of the pregnancy that's occurring. So some of the cells, some of the um, maternal cells, cells from the mother. They, they go, they cross the placenta into the baby and a lot of the cells of the baby, they cross the placenta and they come into the mother. Mm-hmm. And there, the particular study that you're talking about, we looked at the scientific research that was done and they found that they found the cells of the children in the mother years later. So this is, this is incredibly important. So now we know that there is this scientific cellular exchange that takes place. Well, great. Now what? Well, there's this concept of entanglement where, um, uh, let's, let's frame it this way. So if there is intermingling at the cellular level, it's very easy to create what Rupert uh, Sheldrake refers to as morphogenic uh, resonance. It creates a Wi-Fi, an entanglement, a connection between the mother and the offspring between the mother and the baby. So, and, and I think this is part of the evolutionary basis of a deep connection that the mother has with the baby, right? Now, yeah. it doesn't mean that you have to actually give birth to a baby to have this deep connection. There are a lot of um, moms and parents that they, you know, they adopt or they have a surrogate or, uh, and but they have that. They have that deep connection that happens over a period of time. We're specifically looking at this research with the intermingling, the exchange of the cells that occurred that they could see post-autopsy in the mother Mm. and what it could create potentially. And this brings us into the whole concept of transgenerational trauma, Mm -hmm. which is the basis of um, Bert Hallinger's work. work. Uh, wrote a book called Love's Hidden Symmetry which is uh, Bert Hallinger was the founder of uh, Family Constellation. So, uh, you know, and, and he really verbalized that. He went to the Zulu nation, the only nation at the time that really understood this, that how all these pattern gets bled through the next generation. And once he learned it and then he verbalized it, and then that was the beginning of this whole field of Family Constellation. So... Um, you know, when you're looking at the fa- the sin of the fathers or this misidentifications or misinterpretations that may be bleeding through from one generation to the other generation, 
Who knows? It might be because when we look at the DNA, two to three percent of the DNA that we think their sense DNA, the other we refer to it, the 90, whatever, 80 some percent will say they're nonsense. Well, maybe we, we, we think they're nonsense, but they're actually coding for all these uh, connections, you know, morphogenic resonance and the, you know, entanglements and the deep connection between us and our parents. Mm. Yeah. So does this mean that, you know, if someone feels like that's at play, right? It's like my mother, it, it, it's affecting my current health. If they can't control it unless she works through some things. I believe life is a lot more compassionate than that. I don't think life is a bully. Mm-hmm. Life is, you know, we're all soaking in an ocean of mercy. Mm-hmm. Like, just like fish swimming in ocean, we're, we're, we're swimming in that ocean of mercy. I don't think that we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. I think revelation, becoming aware is the first step where we can really shift and change things. When we become aware that this is occurring, this might be occurring, that there is a possibility. Oh my God. Wow. Wait, let me see here. Um, gosh, I saw this movie, Joy Luck Club, where all these, uh, you know, young moms and they went through these patterns and they never talk about it. They hit it and they never talked about it to their daughters. And then years later, they, the mothers actually saw how their daughters just kept repeating their their own mistakes and these patterns. And it didn't get resolved until the moms actually approached and says, listen, I got to tell you about this, that this is what's happening. And then at that point, there was like an opening, right? Joy Luck Club, great book, great movie. Um, Janet Yang was uh, the producer or the director of that. Just I have so much love and respect for what she does. And I thought that that was a profound distinction that she created. So when it comes to, um, to this concept, there is a great book called Mothering and Daughtering that mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It's written by uh, a mom and a daughter and it's just so sweet. And it just really captures these, uh, some of these deep, deeply rooted complex pattern that by just having awareness and being prayerful and bringing softness and gentility uh, as simple and practical as a way of just journaling, um, even if mom is not available emotionally or physically, they've transitioned, just by doing that, we can bring enough healing inside and create, you know, apply loving inside and create depth of healing. Mm, yeah. I love that. No, I love that. And speaking of books, I, I want to talk about your book, The Clarity Cleanse, before we wrap up a little bit. And maybe you can tell me about um, why you wrote it and who it's for and kind of, you know, what, what the philosophy is there. I'm smiling because um, I, I want to, you know, one of the things that I love about you, it's your honesty uh, and, uh, and radical candor. So, the Clarity Cleanse is not an easy book. Mm-hmm. The first book that I wrote uh, within um, was really soft. You know, I didn't take off my gloves. Uh, it was a lot softer, you know, and I walked people through this process, although it was camouflaged uh, through a Trojan horse of 
thinking that it was about weight loss, but it wasn't about weight release. It was about, mm-hmm. you know, really shifting, changing one's life inside out and releasing all the garbage and the heaviness that we carry all of us. The second book I wrote as a way of sublimating grief, grief of the loss of my brother, who was a, the most intelligent human being I've ever met. He graduated, Mirdad, who was a cardio, interventional cardiologist, and he graduated from USC School of Medicine, top of his class at the age of 21. And he had some challenges, which, um, at, and then at a very young age, he chose to complete his life. And at that point, I took some time um, to really to write the book. The, the sabbatical was to really sublimate my grief into something which could act as a rude awakening, a cold water over one space that would really interrupt them. And that interruption could create this spaciousness that they need to be able to uh, have a new beginning, a new consciousness. Uh, the book is divided up into 12 steps. And part of it, uh, part of the book has a particular diet, which is very challenging, which is very confronting. The language and the skill set that they're introduced uh, are such that it's very confronting. It's very challenging. Um, but the way that it's written is that you don't necessarily have to understand it or agree to it. The book is written based on the field of neurolinguistic, meaning um, that if you just listen to the book, on, if you get it on Audible or listen to it or uh, the, the foreword uh, is read by uh, Ms. Gwyneth Paltrow and the actual book, I, I wanted to have the honor of a dear friend, David Booth, to read both books. David uh, is in his 70s, but he looks 50s. And uh, he used to be uh, a Shakespearean actor. And he's originally from Oklahoma. And he has such a sweet and gentle energy that I, I was uh, joy over moon that he accepted to uh, read both books within as well as the clarity cleanse. Whether you read the book or, or, or you listen to it, the book will read you. The book will read you. The book will, will, will leave a particular tattoo inside, will leave echoes inside that you'll keep hearing it and all these jewels they'll come when you actually need it and you'll be able to implement it Mm. and to be able to really go through any conflicts and to take how to take a, a, a relationship that is conflictual meaning that it's based on conflict and you turn it into it being dialectical die to let tongue now all of a sudden you'll be able to communicate and you, you create a new language to be able to connect with another human being. That human being could be yourself and you connect to your own soul, which we refer to as the higher self or the authentic self. Or it could be a person that's outside of you, your sister, your mother, your father, your significant others, your pets, your plants, your boss, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people that, you, you know, your neighbor. Um, and it, it creates such a level of flexibility and flow. And, um, it was, it was a joy to write it. It's been a joy to talk about it because, um, and, and I say this from a place of humility. 
And, uh, you know, when I get feedback from people all over the board, the book is translated into French, Spanish, Slovak, Russian, Turkish, uh, Farsi, uh, that I can remember. Um, maybe a couple more that I'm, it might escape my mind, but so it's, it's out there and mm-hmm. people can, can look for it and, um, can consider reading it. Yeah, well, I mean, I love a confronting book. That's that's the good stuff. And I am curious, so there are 12 steps that you cover, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the most difficult one for most people? Um, the most difficult one is um, something that I refer to. It's a form of journaling that I refer to as Pew 12 or Purge Emotional Writing 12 Minutes a Day. The reason that initially it's like, what's so difficult about that? Uh, because once you start writing 12 minutes every day, uh, for a length of time, it's sort of like you open, uh, a dam and there's so much that will keep coming up. And a lot of the hurt feelings, a lot of the misunderstandings, misinterpretations, misperceptions, misidentifications, you know, the dis-ease, the patterns, the disturbances, they start coming up. You start seeing it and you start how noticing how judgmental we are, how much judgment you're holding against yourself and others. And, you know, and it could be, you know, it could be very, oh, but, uh, but in the long run, if you stay with it, it not only becomes probably the easiest, but the most crucial step because it creates a tipping point and it allows you to have leverage into the evolution of your own consciousness. Okay. Well, I'm sure everyone is very intrigued now and everyone who's up for the challenge should, should pick up the book. And I'm, I'm so honored that you took the time to chat with me today. I've absolutely loved this and I really just appreciate your work so much. So thank you. And I know people are going to want to find more from you, pick up your book. So can you just remind my listeners where they can find more from you? Sure. Um, at, uh, on Instagram or any social media platform at, uh, Dr. Habib Sadegi, D-R-H-A-B-I-B Sadegi, S-A-D-E-G-H-I, or, uh, beingclarity.com, being, B-E-I-N-G, clarity.com. These are the two places that they can find, um, find more information. And I also, it's, it's really a privilege and honor before we started recording, I shared with you that I'm really proud of you and I'm very proud of the work that you've done on yourself and the depthful, profound consciousness that you've created for yourself. And it's really a privilege. It's really a privilege for me to be here. And uh, I'm just so happy that you exist and you hold the light for so many people, especially women. Um, that they can really orient and look towards you as a lighthouse that they can find the land of safety, especially during um, certain ages where life could seem very tumultuous and stormy. Wow. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate that. It has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you again so much. My pleasure. Huge thank you to Dr. Habib Sadegi for coming on the podcast and sharing so much incredible knowledge. He is truly amazing. And if you want to connect further with him, 
You can find him on Instagram at Dr. Habib Sadeghi. That will be in the show notes and also on his website, beehiveofhealing.com. And if you want to try out the Farmer's Juice juices, just go to thefarmersjuice.com and you can use my code realness, R-E-A-L-N-E-S-S for $10 off your first box. They're so delicious. Don't forget if you want behind the scenes access to content related to the podcast and my life, make sure you join my secret Instagram account. It's at wellness, realness crew on Instagram, of course. And if you want access to that, all you have to do is request access and DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to that account. So DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to at wellness, realness crew. And when I get that DM, I will accept your request to follow. Lots of juicy content back there. And of course, if you want to connect further with other people in the community, hop on over to our free Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. That's going to be it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I'll chat with you again next time. Bye.